I tell you what, I um, was thinking about this this week, and uh, I, I really just have to say that I every time I stand here behind this uh, lectern or podium or pulpit or whatever you want however you want to call it, I feel a tremendous set of feelings that are very strong within me. Number one, the, the number one feeling I have is a true responsibility. There's a lot of weight of responsibility to be given the opportunity to stand behind this. And for those of you who've done it, there's a few here that have, I think you may understand what that is. But I always take it that way and approach it that way. It's a big responsibility. But also beyond that is that it is one of the greatest honors that I have ever had in my life to be able to have the opportunity to share with you things from God's Word that I believe are things that He's dealing with me about, helping me with, and I hope through the power of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the words that I have would be something that would resonate in your spirit as well. And so thank you to this church for giving me that opportunity. I hope I live up and try my very best to live up to that responsibility. But thank you for the privilege. And again, it is an honor. And I love you guys. Thank you so much for that opportunity. You know, God did not design all of us. He didn't intend for us to live alone. That's not how he made us. When God put uh, man in the Garden of Eden, he was there walking amongst them. In fact, the scripture says in Genesis 3.8, it says this, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. If you hear someone walking, you ever walk somewhere and you hear a little sound? You know somebody's walking, either behind you, beside you, wherever it is, or you hear somebody walking, you turn your head. When somebody's walking nearby and you hear that, that means they're present, right? They're present. They're there. It's not like they're invisible and doing that. They're they're present. And I believe that's what it was at that time. They heard, Adam and Eve both heard, God walking about in the garden. And Genesis describes this in many other places in the book of Genesis about describing man walking with him. Um, Well, there's a number of them. Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Abraham walked with God. And through the scripture, you'll find many other references and many other uh, uh, examples of how it is described where people in the scripture walked with God. God was present in their life. And God walks with us today. He is present with us always. And David wrote about this. Psalm 139.7 says this. Well, Psalm 139 is just an amazing chapter of the psalm. But in verse 7 it says this, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? You see, you can't do that. You can't flee from God's presence. You can't escape it. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. You can't deny it. You can't get away from it. God's presence is there. That's why we believe in our doctrine that God, and many of you have heard this term, of course, that God is an omnipresent God. How many believe that? 
He's an omnipresent God. That means if he's omnipresent, there's no place on earth where he is not. It doesn't matter how remote the village is, how uh, populated the city would be. It doesn't matter how barren the desert or how beautiful the mountaintop. Wherever you go, and that's not just limited to this earth. That means the moon, Mars, the stars, the universe, wherever man can go, God is present. Do you understand? That is a big thing. We say, well, yeah, he's omnipresent. We believe it. Do we believe it, though? There should be great comfort and encouragement in that, I think. Think about that. God is omnipresent. His presence is here right now. Wherever I go, I can't get away from it. He is present. That's a game changer if you really believe that. Not just know about it, but believe it. Talk about that in a minute. But that great comfort and encouragement we should receive from that, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. We don't really, we don't really get it. And here's the thing. If God is present, and we believe that he is, and, and I know that he is, and I believe that he is, and you cannot experience his presence, if he is present and you can't experience his presence, then at that point is of no use to you. It doesn't matter if he's present, if you're not experiencing that. It doesn't, it doesn't help you. It doesn't make, it's not, it's it's not going to make a, a difference in your life if you're not experiencing that presence. The truth of the matter is, though, that God is always with you. I want to just make sure we get this. He's always with you. He's always present. And you, each and every one of you, is not limited to anyone here. Each and every one of you can experience and enjoy the presence of God in your life, and not just on Sunday. You can do that every day. Now, how do we do it? There's three little points I want to make about, there's a lot of ways, but these are just three things I'm going to talk about today. One thing is think about it. Think about it. Remember. Think about the things that God has done for you. Here's another one, though. Think about things God's done for other people. I think about that all the time. I think about to encourage myself and to just praise God and worship Him. I think about the things He's done for people right here around this altar. I know stories that are just could be nothing but God and how he's moving in the lives of people. I want to think about that. I want to dwell on that. I want to remember that, thinking about things of God. Because sometimes when we feel at our most helpless, or when we feel like we can't figure things out and we're in a difficult circumstance, it's because we're not thinking about him. We're not thinking about him. We're not giving him a thought. We've forgotten about him in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our difficulty. Have you ever had this phrase that you've said, I say this all the time and need to stop saying it. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. Anybody ever said that? I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. And the key thing is, in that sentence, and if anybody says that, is the word I. I don't know how I'm going to deal with a lot of things. But I have learned that I don't have to. (laughs) I don't need to be the one that figures out how to deal with all of that. We don't need to turn ourselves into an inward focus where we're just like looking at how am I going to do this under my power, under what I think that I need to do. I don't need to look inward. I need to look up to where my help comes from. In Deuteronomy 
Deuteronomy 31 says this so wonderfully, this scripture. Most of us have heard it before, but it's never something you can read too much in my view. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. See, God is telling Joshua through Moses at this time that all of these enemies that you see, all of the difficulties, all of the battles that seem like they may be insurmountable, can make you be afraid. It can cause fear to come in and maybe let you forget all the things that I've done and all the things that I've said. And see, I think that's where for us sometimes we need to think about these things. We need to remember all the things that God has done for us, for others. If you want examples of that, there's books where people write about things God's done for them. Talk to people in our fellowship, you'll find the things God's done for them. Listen to some of the messages that are online from this church about things that God has done. I've got one on there where God delivered me from a path of death and destruction. I would be dead or and probably spending my eternity not in the presence of God because of what the, the enemy had intended for evil in my life. God delivered me and restored it and made it turn it for good. Because now I testify about it. And you see, when you do that, that's an encouraging thing. And so you need to remember, you need to think about the things of God, the things that He has done. And just like for Joshua, it's the same for us. It's not any different. See, I believe through that scripture, Deuteronomy 31, 6, he's saying, I believe he's saying, do not be afraid, but also this way. Now, this is my way of putting it. Hey, man, you need to just calm down and think. Calm down and just think about all the things the Lord has done. Just but calm down for a minute. You need to get quiet and listen to my voice. How many people, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many people find a quiet time in their day every day? It's not easy to do that. I'm not talking about a time where you just go and you do something and maybe set aside time to read. I'm talking about a place where it is quiet. So just for a minute, listen to me. You hear that? There's a real difference to the sound of quiet. Quiet means no phones, no distractions, no anything. Quiet. I think you need to get quiet. Hear the voice of the Lord, to remember the things He's done. Psalm 46.10, it gives us such an encouragement to do that. It says simply, be still and know that I am God. I've taken that verse many times and I've drawn a line, an imaginary line to it. Be still. I scratch through still and I put quiet. Be quiet and know that I'm God. And for those of you who know me, that's a hard thing for me to do. <laughs> But and I've got a plaque in my office uh, at our school. It says, "Be still and know that I am." Now it doesn't say the verse as it is there. It doesn't say, "Be still and know that I am God," because I already know He's God. When I saw that, I got that. You know why? I got it because it said to me, "Be still and know that I am your provider. Be still and know that I am your healer. Be still and know that I'm your deliverer." Be still and know that I'm your Savior. Be still and know that I am the answer to everything you need. Be still and know that I'm your friend. Be still and know that you are a child of God and nobody can take that away from you. 
can remember here is that God is always with you. He is always with me. He is omnipresent. You can't get away from it. And that we need to think about that. Do you keep that in mind? Isaiah 41.10 goes on to say something very encouraging as well. If you look at it, do not be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Praise God, right? There's so much power just in reading the scripture. Think about it. Three things right there God's promising to do. There's so many promises in the world. He's promising to do three things right there. Strengthen you, help you, and hold you up. How many people need to be strengthened every once in a while? How many people need to be helped once in a while? How many people want him to hold us up when we feel like we're about to fall down? That's our God. That's our God. And don't be afraid because he's with you. See, if you know that God is with you and you don't allow, you won't allow fear to creep in, you'll keep that in check. You will experience God's strength, God's help, God holding you up in the time when you feel like you're just about to crash and burn. That's what will happen. And David said it like this. Even if my mother and father, father and mother, abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. How many people may be in here? That's not a question, actually. There may be people in here whose mothers have walked down on their life. There may be people in here whose fathers have walked down on their life. I know some of them in here. That's why I know that there are, actually. How many of them? I know there are people in here that that's happened. There are some people whose mothers and fathers have walked down their life. And I think David's just using this as an example to just, I mean, to emphasize the point. But no matter what, even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. How comforting is that? If you just really believe that. And let me tell you this. God, I want you to make sure you understand this right here. God will never walk out on you. God will never walk out on you because he wants to walk with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He'll never turn his back on you. He'll never walk out on you because it's his desire to walk with you. So, remember these things. It's always been God's plan to walk with us. Another thing we need to do is trust his presence. We need to remember it, but we've got to trust his presence. We need to believe it. We know it sometimes, but we don't believe it. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Moses sent 12 guys out to go spy and come back with a report. They spent about 40 days out there gathering all kinds of information. Agricultural things, the plants, soil samples. There's all kinds of things they're doing. Sizing up what the defenses were and all of that kind of thing. Forty days, 12 guys went out there and gathered all the stuff. Now, they all saw the same thing. Saw the same land, saw the same city, saw the same people. All the same. But there were two groups with totally different opinions about what it was that they saw. And when they came back with the report, the one group said, man, we got a big problem. 
We got people in there that have cities that are fortified. They're, they're, they're larger than us. Some of them are even giants. That's what the scripture said that they said, that they're giants. And these guys are giants. What are we going to do? We can't go in there. They're more powerful. They got more defenses than we can conquer. And that's basically where they lived. That was their report. Then there were these other group of guys. There's just two of them. Joshua and Caleb. And their report was completely different. In fact, what it says in the scripture is, Numbers, Caleb tried to quiet the people. Let's go at once to take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Now here's one group of ten guys. And these two guys are saying that. How could they have seen anything that differently? Well, I'm going to tell you how. It's what I believe. They believed that with God on their side, what Caleb is saying, with God on their side, we certainly can win. You see, all 12 of them knew it. They knew what God had promised. They knew how God had delivered them. They knew all of the things that God had done for them. They knew the words that he had spoken. All 12 knew that. But only two of them believed it. Do you hear me? Only two of them believed it. Joshua and Caleb. And by believing it, they said, we certainly can do it. Not even in question we could do it. It's one thing to know. Entirely another thing to believe. Those are two different things. And we've got to trust in His presence. We should never define God's presence as, as a, 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 a thing where we're, we're going through a difficult time, and we all do at some point. Difficult time, a season that we've got just challenges and things that we don't know how we're going to deal with. And that's how, well, where are you, God? I need your help now. Where, what, what's going on? Why aren't you here bailing me out? What's happening? And we define it that way. And then when everything's going well and things are going along okay, we define it as God's blessing me. God's a good God. Everything's going well. We can't define His presence in our life like that. We can't do that. His presence is the same. You see, God is an unchanging God. He's present regardless of your circumstances. It doesn't matter how dire they are. There may be some people in here now who feel like that their circumstances are pretty pretty grim. Could be a health issue. Could be a financial issue. Could be a lot of things. God is present. This is for you, folks. You know who you are, whoever you are, whatever that challenge is. This is for you. God is present regardless of your circumstances. His presence hasn't changed. He's still there. He's the same as he's always been. He is an unchanging God in an ever-changing set of life circumstances. He's an unchanging God. So God is the same. He's unchanging in a culture that is on a runaway train to ungodliness. All around us, the culture is that way, folks. But he's still the same. His presence is still the same. He's unchanging in an educational system that's all around us that wants to teach everybody they can about uh, humanism, secularism, and everything they can do to avoid teaching anything about God. They don't want to teach creation. They want to teach evolution. They don't want to teach how you, how, how you should be and what, and what God created as, as, uh, as he did with Adam and Eve. They want to teach transgenderism. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say, that's what the schools want to teach. Okay? That's not okay. God is un- 
unchanging in the midst of that educational system is falling apart. God is unchanging in an entertainment culture that wants to have movies and TV shows that glorifies everything that is ungodly and nothing that is godly, with rare exceptions. There's a movie that just came out, Overcomer. There are exceptions to this, but rare. The entertainment culture is pushing everything they can. But in the spite of all of that, God is unchanged. His presence is still here. Don't forget it. Just because everything's changing around us, He's still here. He's still present. He's still holding it all together. Thank the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's unchanging in technology. And technology has advanced our our, 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 uh, our lives in so many ways that are positive, but there are so many ways that technology is now bringing evil to the desktop. It's bringing evil to the smartphone. It's not only doing that, there are some other good things that it is doing, and it can be. It also brings the, 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 the Word of God to your phone. But the fact of the matter is, is that God is unchanging in these circumstances. He's still God, and He's still powerful, and His presence is still there. Political leadership. <laughs> Every time I talk to somebody about politics, and I try not to, believe me. I don't want to, I'm not getting into it here. I'm just saying. It just seems like the one thing I always hear is, man, it is worse than it's ever been. Have you heard that before? And I believe that's true. It is worse than it's ever been. But it was worse than it was ever been four years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago. Because here's what's happening. The politics of our world is getting worse. Because it's ungodly. And what's happening now is, is that we are in a place as believers where we have to hold on to the unchanging God. And he is unchanging in spite of what political leaders want to tell us. And we need to lean into that and trust in his presence and believe that he can lead us out of this. And don't listen to what the political leadership wants to do. I'm not saying that we aren't in a system of government we have to respect. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. We should. But don't let it be for a moment fooled that they have control of what's going on here. God is still in control. He is unchanging. Moses had to deal with this man. He, after all he did, leading these people out of Egypt, everything, all the miracles that were performed and everything else, he's got them all and here we go and then bam, here's the Red Sea. Why did that have to happen to Moses? Why couldn't they have just eased on out? <laughs> after all they did. Reluctantly, I might add, but God lifted him up. He, he raised him up. He, 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 he performed miracles. And all of these things happened. And then here's the Red Sea and now there's other things. He's got a bunch of people. How am I going to make sure they get enough food, enough water? I've got to, to worry about social unrest. They're starting to question my leadership. They're grumbling in the background. Maybe we should go back to Egypt. I mean, all these things. And here's the Red Sea. But let me tell you, even when Moses was facing that after all that, and then the other thing is, by the way, he's looking behind him, and here comes Pharaoh with his armies again, chasing him down because his heart hardened, and he's getting revenge for his son dying. So here they are, trapped. Now see, for us, we know how the story ended. Moses is the one that wrote the story, by the way. He didn't know that at the time. All he knows is here's this sea, here's these guys coming. Okay, pillar of fire, that's good, it helps me. Here's all these people grumbling. God, why are you doing this? Do you think Moses was in God's will? Moses was right in the center of God's will. 
He was in the center of God's will, yet he had difficulties he had to deal with. Most notably, the Red Sea. What happened? What happened? God knew that his promise, even though he was in the center of God's will, and that there was a difficulty, a big, huge challenge amongst a few others, right in front of him in in the Red Sea being right there. How am I going to get across? How long are these guys going to be held back? Then he starts thinking about this. He starts thinking about God that promised me something. God that promised me something. God promised me something. He promised me something. And here's what he promised him. My presence will go with you. My presence will go with you. He knew God well enough to know that his presence would go with him and that he would give him rest. He trusted in his presence. He's not left me. I don't see him. He's not here right now. But I know he's with me. And then the rest of the story, we know how it goes. The Red Sea's parted, and they are delivered. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So God's gift of his presence has nothing to do again to your plea. Nothing to do with your earthly purpose. Whoever you are and whatever you're facing. Last thing, praise team, would you come? We've got to tune into his presence. We need to remember it. We need to think about it. We need to trust in his presence. And we need to tune into it. What does that mean, Pastor Billy? Well, I'm about to tell you. God's presence is most felt when you and I, when we engage him. See, if he's omnipresent, that means, do you believe he's omnipresent? Can I hear a yes or a no? Is he omnipresent? Okay, we know it. We need to believe it. But if that's the case, everywhere we go, God is present. He is present. How do we feel that? How do we experience that? How do we enjoy that? We need to engage with God. We have to make that decision because he's here following us all around. Everywhere we go, God's presence is there. We've got to be the one to engage him. We've got to make that decision. It's like this. I'm going to give you this quick example. There's radio waves. It's called RF, radio frequency. Dave, you know what this is, ham radio operator? Okay, everybody look around here and point to where the radio waves are. Could you do that for me real quick? Just any level point where they are. No, I mean one, but they're everywhere, right? They're all over the place. But you can't see them. You can't see them. If you can, please let me know because I'd like to do that. That would be a good trick. That's the whole nature of it. You can't see it. So, listen to this. i got to get a microphone. Can somebody bring me a microphone? Any microphone. I want you to listen to some of this. Okay, radio waves, right? They're here, but we can't see them. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn this on. I think I'm going to be able to do this. So listen to this. Can you hear that? This mic's not on yet. Here we go. It's red. See, they're there. See, you wouldn't think, how's that coming in? I've got this little device here that's bringing in things that we can't see. And then watch this. Watch this little trick here. Did you see what I did there?
stress reliever that there is. Now you can't always control what happens to you, but you can control the choices you make to put yourself in that place. And just as we close here, I just want to remind you of a few things that God has said in this in this text, in his word, and in this message today. He has said these things, and this is for each and every one of you, but it's for some of you more particularly, I'm telling you right now. It is for sure. And if that's you, you know who you are right now. I guarantee that. There are certain people that this is hitting right home for you today. And this is what God is saying. I will never leave you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. I will do that. God is speaking to you today. And he's saying this just like he did to Moses. It's the very same thing that my presence, my presence will go with you. 
wherever you are and whatever you do, my presence will go with you. And I, God is saying, I will give you rest. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. And so as we close this service, I wanted to just sing a song of praise. I want to experience God's presence in a way that we that either we never have before or we just want to experience it again, and we want to lean into that. And it's very simple, and these guys are going to help me in a minute, but for a moment, I'm going to just sing this myself. And I want you to look at these words on the screen, and I want you to sort of join in with me as you can. And if we could just have no music for a moment. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. Let's sing. You are the one our hearts adore. Now lift your voice and sing it again. Jesus, we love you. We're worshiping now. Oh, how we love you. Isn't that beautiful that is? You are the one our hearts adore. Stand with me, if you would, please, as I sing this one more time. Jesus, we love you. Worship it now. Oh, how we love you. You are the one. our praise team to pick this up and start singing that song. And as they do, I'm going to ask each and every one of you to leave from where you're sitting now and come around this altar. I'm going to ask you just right now, just come on.